Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. I'm meteorologist Kirsty Zontini. And I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags. This is a podcast all about weather. We are two broadcast meteorologists in Dayton, Ohio. And we just can't stop talking about weather. So when we're not on TV, we figured why not jump behind the mic to answer your weather questions and talk about all things meteorology. Now remember, you can listen to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast anytime you want on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and WHIO.com. Hey, McCall. Hey, Kirsty. How are you doing? Not bad. I have yeah. a little bit of a cold. Oh, not good. No. It was I've uh Gia's been sick for about a couple weeks. Uh Dante has been sick and I thought I was gonna make it through it, but uh didn't work out in my favor. Oh no. Starting to feel the symptoms. Um but we were discussing before we came on for this podcast about the fact that you haven't been sick. Yeah. And I think it's because of the vitamins that you're taking and they're special kind of vitamins. They are. Yes, I've been pretty lucky. So, I've uh, been taking prenatal vitamins because uh, my husband and I are expecting our first child mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of June. So, I'm pregnant um and I've been really lucky. A, I think the prenatals really do help because mm-hmm. I truly have not gotten sick at all. Yeah. Um, and my pregnancy so far has been great. Um, I did not get any morning sickness. And I was really nervous working mornings and having a yeah. weird sleep schedule already that on top of just not sleeping that that would make it even worse. But, um, you know, I've made sleep more of a priority and I just, I made it through the first trimester. I'm in my second trimester and um, things have been going really well. Yeah. So we cannot wait for her to arrive in June and we can't wait for Gia to have a little girlfriend. I know, I know. We're going to pass down all of the boxes that we have. <laughs> Originally, all of our boxes were going to my niece, um, but she's just really tall. So she's yeah. caught up to Gia. To Gia. months behind her, but she's somehow the same, somehow the same size tall, or yeah. Gia's just tiny I don't know know. it's one or the other (laughs) well we will love those hand-me-downs for sure uh but uh we want to talk and of course thank you very much a very uh everyone that has congratulated me by the way um really really appreciate it yeah it's it's made us even more excited to feel all the support in our community so um I appreciate that but speaking of our community uh we've got a big milestone at our station Mm -hmm. and that is our 70th um anniversary or birthday, however mm-hmm. you want to describe it, of WHIO being here in Dayton and broadcasting and being a part of this Miami Valley community and 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 helping to, you know, tell the stories and keep people safe with weather coverage. And McCall, you've been really busy because um, you've been working on the weather angle mm-hmm. of, of everything that's gone down in the yeah. Miami Valley in the past 70 years. Yeah. So McCall is actually going to be our interview. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to uh, turn the turn the chair and, and be the one that asks the questions and she'll be the one that, that helps give us some answers. Um, but what was it like, I guess, looking back at all of the rich history of not only just weather yeah. down in Southwest Ohio, mm-hmm. Um, but some of these events are are crazy. I mean, we've we've heard of them, but yeah. you really got to dive deep into some of the ones that were, you know, 
50 years ago. Yeah. So I started out thinking, oh, I'm just going to do the top five biggest events. But then I realized there's way more than five that like I feel are worthy of talking about. Mm -hmm. And when I put together my piece, it wound up being five and a half minutes long. Yeah. And that's way too long in TV time. (laughs) Uh, So it did have to be cut down. So not everything that you'll hear about in this podcast will actually be in the story that goes on air. But we will talk about them. And they are important. And of course, if you remember a big weather event, let us know. Send us an email. Yes. And we can chat about it. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to first start out with, you know, the first biggest event that happened since we signed on air. Of course, there are events right. that have happened before, before this, that, yes. like the 1913 flood. This yeah. is not part of the last 70 years. But the first big event was something that's called the Snow Bowl. Okay. And this happened in 1950. So this was just a few months after, after we, a year and a few months after we signed on. And it was on November 25th, 1950. And it was a huge blizzard that paralyzed the Dayton in the Miami Valley Um, and the snowfall was up around a foot they were digging out of this big blizzard and the reason that they call it the snowball is because Michigan State and Ohio or Michigan and Ohio right were playing for the Big Ten Championship and they were expected to play during this blizzard and and the way the story goes had they not played Ohio State would have won the championship but they decided to play, and Michigan beat them. Oh, no. Yeah. So it is a... Yeah, drama. Yeah. That's tough. That's always tough in Ohio to lose to Michigan. And mm-hmm. and then just to be playing in those crazy conditions. I know. And, oh, my gosh. But that makes more sense. I really... I did not know why it was called the snowball. Yeah. I was, I was like, oh, because it was a lot of snow. Uh, no, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. It's kind um, of a sore subject in this area. Oh, I'm sure. It, well, yeah, like I said, any Ohio State loss is never a good thing. Yeah. And you factor in a huge blizzard that crippled our, our Miami Valley, and, and I understand. Um, this is another huge event, but this is severe weather. Yeah. Um, and I this is like stuff of legends in the sense of, of course, this happened before we were born. Yeah. But we knew about it. Um, and the Xenia tornado, mm-hmm. April 3rd, 1974. Of course, Xenia is our big connection to it, yeah. but this was a big tornado outbreak. Yeah, they called it the super outbreak. Yeah. Because there was, you know, it wasn't un- just Ohio. Yeah, it was several states. Unfortunately, in Xenia, 30 people lost their lives, That's or more so than 30 horrible. people actually lost their lives that day. Could have been way more. Yeah. Um, but there were a few things that played into limiting the amount of deaths well 30 plus people is a lot it could have been way more you have to remember the you know time of when this storm happened so radar technology is not like technology we have today if you were to look at a photograph which we have of what the radar looked like when that tornado was coming through xenia um it looked like you mentioned this before looks like a submarine radar Mm -hmm. so to see a hook echo clearly on that type of radar is Terrifying. Well, yes, because I mean the fact that it was that strong and had that much of the the characteristic that you would see with a yeah large strong tornado. Is... And we don't even see those kind of tor- we can, right. but, but we very rarely do we see that in right. the Miami Valley. So if I were to see it now, even with our technology, yes, it would be terrifying. Yeah. So our weatherman Gil Whitney at the time, he's yeah. a legend around he here because he was phenomenal and uh, alerted so many people of that tornado that day. Yeah. So he saved lives. Um, he was on air tracking that tornado. 
Uh, I also learned that on Wednesdays in 1974 that most businesses closed down. Okay. I'm not really sure why I should have dug into that a little bit more, but maybe it was just something that they did. Right, right. Um, Or maybe they closed down early. Yes. So, or like half days or something. So a lot of businesses weren't in fact open. Which at the great. time, which is great. This was at about 4 o'clock. Yeah, right? it was like okay. in the afternoon. Um, most schools had already let out for the day. That's very, I mean. So kids were not at school, which yeah. was great. Um, and I talked to uh, Dayton Daily News reporter Mark Fisher, and he was from Beaver Creek. And her, his perspective is interesting because he said that, you know, all the schools were destroyed by this tornado. Yeah. That the Xenia High School students had to go to Beaver Creek. <laughs> In the afternoon and evening, so that they could finish oh out the school year. It's like almost like night school. Yeah, they had night in school. High school. Yeah, and he said that you know they. I don't know if he in particular or he wasn't fessing up or not, but uh, the Beaver Creek students would streak oh outside of the high school in front of the Xenia kids while they were trying to tried to have a little yeah. fun with it. Yeah, so that's kind of the lightheartedness to it, right? Um, but there is a lot of sadness. Yeah, and if you were to talk to anybody that lived through that day, their memories. It's terrible. Or intact. Yeah. Um, and I actually sat down with Miles back. He's a, one of our WHIO editors mm-hmm. for the news. And he was four years old at the time when this tornado came through. Okay. And his memory to me is... Super vivid. It's it's very vivid. And Kirsty hasn't heard this yet, so we're going to take a listen right now. Well, it was two days before my fourth birthday. I was at daycare. Uh, I was at a Nazarene church in Xenia. I went there every day when my parents went to work. And really, you don't even, if you just say April 3rd, you don't even really have to say tornado and Xenia. That's what everybody sort of recognizes as the, uh, the date. But anyway, I was at daycare, and uh, most of the things I think about that come to mind now are like my senses, like sounds and uh, visuals and actually some smells too. But like... You know, like the sounds of uh, everybody gives the freight train comparison. I just remember it just like being like loud, almost like a jet, like being on top of me. And, you know, glass breaking and, you know, kids crying, adults crying. You know, it was, you could tell when the adults weren't like in control. It was, as a kid, I could sense, you know, this is pretty big. You know, I didn't actually know what was going on, but I could tell it was pretty big. And, uh, you know, all the sounds weren't bad when I was finally, because the whole time I'm sitting there during the day when all this is happening, I'm sort of wondering, like, you know, where's my parents? Why isn't anybody coming to get me? Because a lot of the little the kids were being taken home by their parents or whoever's coming to get them. And I was like, no one's coming to get me. So when I finally heard out of the darkness, because we were in the basement, I could hear miles, miles. And I immediately just got up and ran to... Uh, that sound and it was my uh, family there to get me and then I'd say like when we were leaving this was another thing that really stuck out to me when we were leaving we came up out of the basement and all the windows were broken stuff I remember looking up and the roof was gone and as as a little kid the sky just looked like endless I just remember being like whoa that's (laughs) that was something and then leaving we had to uh, we had to walk everywhere we had to go because you couldn't drive so that's another thing. It seemed like a lot of walk, you know, for, I guess, a four-year-old it probably was. But we were all over town. And then, uh, you know, getting home, and there were reports of more tornadoes coming. So we gathered in my grandparents' basement and hung down there. And I don't know, it's, uh, it's some of my earliest memories, but still really vivid in my head. There's real no sequence to them, I don't think, but they're in there. So um, you talked about smells. What 
smell well, that, that's, that's weird. Well, it's when we were leaving and we were walking, the smell of like freshly cut wood, which I'm assuming is all the toppled trees, the split trees, the branches, all that. I could smell wood. I remember that smell in my nose now, the smell of freshly cut wood. When you got back to your house, do you remember what your house looked like? Well, we were at my grandparents. Our house didn't get hit. It was, uh, we were on the uh, south end of town and the tornado was more, I don't want to say north, but it was right down through the middle of town. And uh, so our house was fine. We went to my grandparents' basement and we just hung down there and I, I didn't call it a tornado. I was calling it a tomato. That's the best that could, that could come out at four. Uh, but yeah, just, uh, you know, that day just impacted, you know, a lot of lives that day, me included. Um, you know, the sky gets dark there and, you know, people really start to, you know, they get anxious and they get worked opposite for me. I want to see a tornado now because I didn't actually get to see the big one. So um, it changed lives and I know I'll, ne I'll never forget it. Wow. Him saying waiting for his parents. I know. It got me. I just teared up a little bit because a little kid and, and you still remember the feeling of... Mm -hmm of being scared and wondering where your mom and dad are yeah. in a dark basement, which when you're little, the dark is the scariest scary. as well. I know. Um, and it made me think, which I don't know if I'd ever know the answer, but, you know, his was a happy ending. Mom and dad yeah. did come to get him. You know what I mean? There there were 30 plus people that didn't come home, and, didn't come home after yeah. that. You know, was there a, a child that didn't get a parent to pick them up that day? It's just horrifying to think about so scary and when we think of how connected we are nowadays to everything mm -hmm. social media video you know you can get text alerts you can pull the radar up on your own phone and then it just makes us really reflect on how in the dark just in general people were mm -hmm. the lines of communication were yeah. truly a television set or a radio if you had one yeah. i mean in the 70s you know most people at least had one and um you know, but it just, it, you weren't texting your dad to see where he was. Right. Or calling him on your cell phone to find out where, if your mom was safe at her job. Mm -hmm. um, that's just really, really terrifying to think about that. Yeah. And when I was doing the interview with him and going into it, I didn't have any expectations because yeah. I knew that he was four when this happened. So I'm thinking, I'm going to get little bits and pieces, but for those memories to be so vivid. Right. And like, he said imprinted in his mind. Yeah. Sights, sounds, smells. smells. The wood. That's, I mean, but makes sense. Mm. Kind of didn't, wasn't it? Um, it was Brian Monahan. Yes. When we spoke to him when he had done his hurricane coverage of all the, the wood smell because yeah. everything was just. He said it smelled like Christmas. Yes. Because of all the pines. Wow. Yeah. That, that was powerful. And that was from a four-year-old. So yeah. a four-year-old's perspective of that day. So that's one of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how we move forward, but we will. Um, but, you know, Zeno, if you're, like he said, if you say April 3rd, everyone, boom, they know. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not from Zeno, even if you weren't there per se, everyone knows the Zeno tornado, yeah. even here. You know, yeah. like I said, even we did coming into the, to not living in the Miami Valley and, and coming in. Yeah, and, he, and he, at the very end of the interview, which we didn't hear, I had asked him, is it something like post-traumatic stress? Do people not like to talk yeah. about it? You know, they've gone through it. And he says, no, pretty much. It's not that they're proud that it happened, right. but they know that they're a part of history. And if yeah. you were to ask anybody from, you know, that lived through it or knew somebody that lived through it, they will tell you openly their story. Right. Yeah. Well, they're survivors. Yeah. 
Um, another big weather event that I think has the same kind of triggering mm-hmm. is the blizzard of 78. Yeah. I mean, that's like the, that's the benchmark of all snows, mm-hmm. um, little kids, adults, grandparents, everyone that was there for that blizzard. Yeah. I mean, no snow compares to it. Yeah. At least that's the vibe that I get being a meteorologist here nowadays. Well, you know yeah, they mean? had to, they had to bring it, it, in. It's true. Yeah. The national guard had to come in to yeah. dig them out. I mean, the month they had they the month for January of nineteen seventy eight is the number one snowiest months for Dayton all time. Right, but ever. like it's like forty plus forty plus inches for the entire month. Wow. This snow just that one day was twelve point two inches, which is the number one snowiest day. day. Single day record. Single day have. record in history. Um that snow alone, if we were to just get it on an average day, is a lot of snow. But because of how much snow that fell before this event, right. they had snow drifts that were over 25 feet. That's insane. Yeah, when that's you taking like that five of, of you and stacking yes. you on top of each other. That's so much snow. Yeah. So much snow. It. I mean, it blows my mind. I know that um, Channel 7 uh, weatherman Gil Whitney. Again. Again. Go Gil. I they they were at the station for several days. I don't even think they went home. Like they they, probably they just couldn't. slept here. Yeah. yeah, not here this building, but the building back the then building, on Wilmington. Yeah. Um, they stayed there. Wow. Like you said, they just can go home. Yeah, you know, they were in it. And they were doing coverage. Yeah, they were. And then he created these certificates that said, like, I survived yeah, the blizzard of '78, and a lot of viewers that lived through it, they you, have them. they have them, and he. He signed it and wrote their name on it, oh. and it's kind of like their badge of of honor. Of you honor. made it through, yeah. Um, but yes, and then again to think of how crippling that month, and then that snowstorm, for, and yeah. it was a blizzard, so what? It was yeah. very. It wasn't just snow. Yeah, it was also very strong wind. You know, all of that, and then what do you think of clearing it? Yeah. Oh my goodness! You have to truck it out. Truck it out of Ohio. Yeah. And the only time I've ever seen anything like that is when I (laughs) was in college in SUNY Oswego. That's the kind of snow that, like, lake effect snow produces. And the National Guard every once in a while has to come in. Right. But it just blows my mind. Yeah, so that's a huge one. Mm -hmm. So this is another interesting um, event that we're going to kind of move to. This is a little more recent. And I don't know. I mean, do you want to talk? We could talk briefly about Zena Tornado as well as. Yeah, in the end, there was a second one because poor Xenia. I know. As well, yeah, that was horrifying enough in '74. They've actually had more than one. Yeah, it was like strong. 26 years after the yeah. EF or the F5. Right. Um, that was before the enhanced. Yeah, before the they they changed the yeah. scale. Um, there was a second one that occurred, um, and it was a, a considered an EF4, I believe. Yeah. And it took an almost similar path. Yes. There's not a lot of information. Yeah. There's not a lot of information other than like where the path was mm-hmm. and the intensity of it. Yeah. I couldn't really find if there were any injuries or deaths, but I don't I don't know if there were or weren't. Okay. Um, I'm thinking had there been, it probably would have been somewhere. Right. Right. Still so terrifying. So mm-hmm. that was a big one. Um, but now that we've kind of crossed into the 2000s, I think this is very interesting because I feel like it's the first time... Um, that that people really honed in on the remnants of a hurricane and what that means. Yes. Um, because, again, we're in Ohio. We are not a Gulf state. We are not Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not Texas. We don't, we don't really talk about hurricanes 
that much. Mm-hmm. But this made it a dis- this made it a thing. I mean, this really made the remnants and what's left over of a hurricane after it makes landfall mm-hmm. um it's something that everyone hones in on and something that makes people nervous to this day. Yep, yeah, it was the largest natural disaster the state has ever had to handle. That's I hurricane mean, I. A hurricane yeah. in Ohio to be the largest natural disaster, but it makes sense because hurricanes are so massive. Like right. while Xenia tornado was huge, yes. it was a small it was a pencil in a room exactly yeah and uh the wind damage was incredible people were out of power for weeks just due to these straight line hurricane force winds you're talking winds winds up over 74 miles an hour right widespread not just and prolonged not just a gust right yes and that's what makes that just like Mm mind-blowing Because we don't get that kind of thing. And I think what was also interesting about Ike is that it was dry. Yes. Right. It wasn't we, we, you and I looked heavy at rain this. event or storm. Right. Right. It was yeah. like as if it had rained itself out. Yeah. And the energy from this storm and some upper level components right. of Came cold together. air coming in just, yeah. it was, <laughs> yeah. It was a combination, but a lot of people never forget it. And when we, when we track hurricanes that make landfall and then move up or the energy moves up we always have to kind of give a reference point to ike yeah because people will get very nervous oh my gosh is it ike level winds Mm -hmm. or or what are we talking about um so that's i can't tell you how many times just recently that we've had to bring it up yeah and do that comparison to either put people at ease or to say you know hey this is yeah this is a lot this will be another large-scale wind event here you know that kind of thing well because it literally impacted every person that lived here every single person there was over a billion dollars in insured losses that's insane yeah statewide 2008 hurricane ike um another one which these are all different which is Mm -hmm. just shows the variety of ohio weather (laughs) um a hailstorm yeah hailstones the size of apples apples we don't get those kind of no, hailstones do here. No, 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 we do not. And again, another really damaging weather event. Yeah. $600 million in damage. Yeah. And I got that from our uh, our friend Brian Wood. I was just going to say, I'm assuming you talked to Brian Wood yeah. about this. And so, this thing. Uh, and the reason that he and what his job is is so amazing is because you may have, you know, State Farm, someone else has Allstate, someone else has, you know, some other type of farmers, you know what I mean? Insurances. Yeah. Um, and so you, it's when you're looking at how much money was spent in each company, you may not get the full picture, but Brian has the ability to see the whole picture. The whole picture. And he said it was up over $600 million in damage yeah. by looking at all of those together. And, and he could see the path where all of – he's told me this before, and he's done presentations, which I've missed it. He can, like, put, like, pinpoints mm-hmm. of, like, where all of the claims were, and you can – he can literally see the hail damage path. Oh, my – I was like, he, then he could probably superimpose – He can plot it out. plot of the storm, yep. and then you just see where – Yeah. Wow. But that's – I mean, hail is very is, – is one of those scary weather events I don't think people – talk mm. about a lot yeah but i mean apple size I, that's extraordinarily dangerous yeah terrifying breaking windows crushing cars. i mean if you were outside I mean, getting you were outside you'd be pelted with an apple basically coming at you at however fast and even an apple probably would be better to feel than a solid piece of ice that size right, an apple is at least a little softer yeah. <laughs> so that's a huge weather event that was 2011 may 25th so um now some of these are getting a little bit more uh recent mm-hmm. this 
this one, I remember this, uh, the derecho of uh, June 29th, 2012. Yeah, that w- that happened here just a couple months before I moved here. So okay. I remember seeing it because it came from out of Canada yep. through the Midwest and didn't dissipate till it was like in Virginia. And yeah. it brought winds up to 80 miles an hour. Yeah. And not just a few places like. No. Just a widespread line swath of extraordinarily damaging strong winds for a very long-lived weather event again not a made-up word or word that Mm -hmm. didn't exist it was just the first real true class i mean not first i shouldn't say first in our time yeah you know that true what a derecho really is widespread impact and it what didn't it impact a big event here the tattoo yeah yeah a huge outdoor Mm -hmm. event yeah it brought down, I think, the the stage. Yeah. And to speaking into a derecho, again, people always like go back to that. Anytime we have yeah. a straight line wind event, they want to know, right. is it a derecho? Yes. And really comes down to the criteria. Yes, and there is specific criteria. There is specific criteria. You can have a, a storm that produces a 70 to 80 mile an hour wind gust. Yeah, rare, yeah. but it can happen. Um, but it's more so the longevity right. and the extent of how far this storm lasts. So because it was like 600 miles, I think, mm-hmm. from start to finish of uh, coverage that it you know impacted that's why it's considered yeah. a derecho yeah and that and, and again that's one of those dates that we have to do perspective mm-hmm. a lot with people when we're forecasting nowadays severe weather events will it be this type and mm-hmm. and you know that's one of those jumping off points um now this was a weather event when mm-hmm. i was here yes <laughs> the, <Me too. laughs> the worst winter that i brought i feel from <laughs> cleveland um that was their first winter wasn't it it was, yes, because mm-hmm. I started in November of 2013. So January 2014 was my first winter, and it was one of one of the worst. Yeah. Um, I say it's kind of comparable to the one we're having. Kind of comparable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and this is another term where it's not a made-up word, yeah. but it was one that really latched on, again, with everyone, um, media, people having more and more access mm-hmm. to news and, and the internet and all that stuff. Uh, polar vortex, January 6, 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had wind chill readings that were 40 below zero, and the Dayton area stayed below zero, the actual temperature, yes. for nearly 30 hours. 30 hours. That's not the wind chill. Yeah, it was colder than yeah. zero. Yeah, no, we're not the Dakotas, okay? Mm-mm. Like, this is Ohio. Yeah. Um, that was huge. I remember that. Uh, I remember doing coverage. I remember we couldn't do coverage mm-hmm. because it was so cold. We had to be very particular about where crews were going, mm-hmm. how long they could be outside to be safe. Um, so that was, that was a huge one. That was the beginning, I think also of, of some of those weather terms that, that exist for us as meteorologists, but then really become popular, I think to the public and you kind of have to explain it and what it is and and all of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so that was 2014. Um, then, then that year was wacky. It was because it was also a huge severe weather year for us. Yeah. Because then we went into, uh, May and on the 14th of May, we had the Cedarville tornado. This to me was my first real big tornado. Yeah. This is the one that I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, we were working, it was in the afternoon Yep. and we had severe weather coming in. And I rem- do you remember this? You probably remember this. So we had forecasted a, a severe weather day. Not much had happened. Clouds right. had come in. Right. Except there was this one little area from Cincinnati to yeah. like, you know, our very far southeastern part of our viewing yes. area that had just stayed sunny. Yep. 
And there was this teeny tiny little rain shower that was coming up through Cincinnati. And I remember our news director at the time came back and he was like, is anything going to happen? Yeah. And I pointed to this little shower and I was like, if anything's going to happen, it's going to be with right. this guy right here. Yeah. We got to watch this. It's going into all this energy. Yeah. And man. It did. It exploded. It exploded. Yep. And we have in the building Skywarn. And if you don't know what Skywarn is, they're train weather spotters, ham radio operators. And what they do is they have train spotters that are out across all yep. of our counties. And if anything happens, they radio in to our station where Skywarn is located. And then they pass the information along to the National Weather Service. Well, we had an intern. A station intern, Will Garby, uh-huh. and um, he's now employed here for the Dayton Daily News. Yeah. And he was sitting in with Skywarn and got the information as it came from a train spotter that there was a tornado on the ground. Yeah. And he ran back into this into the studio and was like, there's a tornado on the ground. And we were like, what? Yep. And then the photos came in. Yeah. And when I saw the photo, photo again, because we don't see those type of type of tornadoes, wow. I was like, this, this, this is, is that real? Yeah. And it took us like, I feel like a minute or so to really be like, no, 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 that's happening. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, so we were wall to wall coverage, tornado coverage for that. It was an EF3. An EF3, which again, I mean, that's for Ohio, for recent years. Yeah. yeah. That's a big one. That's a big one. Uh, it was. And we had, I remember, wasn't it, I feel like it was law enforcement maybe a sheriff. Mm-hmm. I mean, where, where we were truly, people were like, it's on the ground. Yes. And it was on the ground for a while. Long time. Um, it wasn't just a quick spin up. It wasn't, you know, it was just truly like they were reporting it yeah. over the phone. Like, yeah. yes, this is on the ground. Um, this was also a <laughs> tornado kitty. Yeah. I so, that. so the Dobbins family, Yes. The one one of the fortunate things about the placement of where this tornado happened, it was out in farm country. It so was, there's not right. a lot very, of very, very, very rural. Yeah, very rural. But yeah. people do live out there. There's of lots course. of farmers. Yes. And the Dobbins family had two homes. One yeah. home was where the mom and dad lived, and then the other home was their kids and their grandkids. Mm-hmm. And um Mr. Dobbins was watching Channel Seven. Yep. And we were reporting there's a tornado on the ground, I believe, at which point he went outside, looked, and was like, Oh my goodness. It's right true. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody from both homes went, I believe, into their home or one of their homes, and they went into the basement. Yeah. And the tornado destroyed both of their houses. Yes, I mean, it destro- I mean, really, it did. Yeah, and the pictures of what it looked like afterwards is crazy. But yeah. they were all fine, unscathed. They yeah. were good to go, safe in their basement. And then, as you said, Tornado Kitty, <laughs> <laughs> uh, meteorologist Rich Wardzik at the time uh, worked for our station. He went out there along with some of our other reporters to survey the damage, and he found a little kitty cat, baby kitten. And it was the sweetest thing, and it was so wet because it <laughs> yeah. had been in the rain. And um, he took it into the car, he dried it off, and Tornado Kitty became part of his life. Yeah. So, um, yes, that was that was crazy. But, yes, for me also as a meteorologist, I was pretty – I mean, I'd worked in Youngstown for about two years. But, mm-hmm. I, once again, we didn't have a big severe weather event like that. Yep. Um, so I do – that was that was very intense, and I remember that. Um, another one – we'll do real quick is flooding because we didn't really touch on a flooding event. Yeah. Uh, just a week after that Cedarville was. We had enough. Wasn't that, it the year that we had every Wednesday was yeah, severe weather? It was, yeah, it was just crazy. Yeah. We had uh, what was considered a thousand year flood yes. where I-70 was shut down from all yeah. of this rain. And it was a training event, basically storm after storm Road after, after storm, each other. Yep. just over the same area. And when you call it a thousand year flood event, it's not that every thousand years you're going to have this type right. of thing. It just means that you have a one in 1000 chance of that type of flooding event to happen yeah. in, in, in a year. Right. So 
Very rare. Very, very rare. And cars were stuck and submerged in this water. I, I, right. And again, we don't see that kind of thing. Yeah. But they were legitimately submerged. Um, one more event that you were at. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that one. Yeah, briefly, this was uh, the Beaver Creek tornado. Mm-hmm. It was a very quick but destructive I mean, very twister. Destructive, yeah. I remember it was a straight line wind event that was coming in. And this is typical for our type of tornadoes. Yes. Straight line winds and then all of a sudden they break and you have yeah. some kind of spin up. And it went right through like a highly populated, populated area yeah. of, you know, stores. We have the green, yeah, if you're familiar with this shopping. area where people are outdoor shopping. And this twister just like ripped through. Yep. And threw things everywhere. Yeah. Thankfully, again, no one injured. That was very lucky. Very lucky. I don't know how anybody. Yeah. But it just was so fast. Maybe people just saw how dark it was getting outside, so they just they, stayed in. Right, right. And then this thing came through. And, and it was caught on surveillance video. Because I remember initially, we were like, this can't be a twister. Right. You know, it was the, so the, fast. the circulation was in between scans, so you didn't see it. It was so yeah. fast. wasn't caught on radar. And it had it not, well, maybe based on the survey damage, um, but initially we didn't think that that's what it yeah. was. And then we saw the surveillance video and I was like, oh my goodness. Yes, that was. And you were out. You went out. And I did. That was my first damage, uh, tornado damage survey. Yeah. And I learned a lot. Yeah. And I've been to several since. Unfortunately. Yeah. But so, yes. Yeah, so, so again, that was a breakdown. McCall has looked up. Actually, there's a ton more on here on mm-hmm. this list. Yeah. That, that we're she's running out of time. But we're running out of time. Um, so real quick, how can people watch this? We're going to uh, probably a lot of this will be more online. Yeah, a lot of it is online. It does. The first time that this is going to air will be before you even get to hear this podcast. Yes. If uh, you get to hear it before uh, Saturday, the 23rd at 1230, there will be. Another broadcast. Uh, another broadcast, which is my birthday. Yay. And then um, we're going to uh, work to get this clip itself yeah. and post it with the web story. So you can check on WHIO.com and on our social media accounts. We'll post a link there as well. Of course. And as we go through these, if you have memories, you want to share them with us, of course, you can email us. You can also comment in Apple Podcasts. Like mm-hmm. You can leave comments there as well or on our Facebook pages. Um, we would love to hear your memories or if you have photos, you can share them with us. Um, as always, thank you so much for finding Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. Yes. You can listen to us, Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Play, Stitcher, or on whio.com. Um, and uh, hopefully you can go back, listen to some old episodes that we have for you as well. And we'll see you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.